An early 24-15 lead over the Celtics. Knicks down to the Pacers, 26-20. Lakers without Anthony Davis, without LeBron James tonight. Oh, and by the way, it just so happens to be a nationally televised game. So as much as we want to say that the rules the NBA's implemented are going to change things and you're going to see stars out there playing more, it guarantees absolutely nothing. And if you're somebody like LeBron, what are you going to do? You put up a couple middle fingers and say, I'm not playing tonight. I don't have to play. And LeBron doesn't play. And here we are. Guess what I did? What'd you do? I bet the Lakers this morning <laughs> at 10.30. Didn't give it out because um, I figured, okay, so I thought one would miss the game. But I thought one would mm-hmm. go. And, yeah, you know, regardless, I mean, what is it, like 15 and a half, the number moved. But um, it's just, it's, they're, they're not going to be able to crack down on this. Like you said, I mean, because like LeBron James – the league's not going to be able to crack down on LeBron James or Anthony mm-hmm. Davis because what could you realistically do? You like you could continue to find these guys. Like we saw, I mean, I know that this has nothing to do with sitting out a game, but we all got a kick out of it the other night. Uh, Ant's post game interview, cheating ass refs, and and yeah. it's like he goes, "I'll take the fine." Like that's the thing. Like if LeBron James doesn't want to play, he's not going to go out there and play. Anthony Davis has made enough money and proved enough in this league with his one championship ring that he doesn't have to go out there, even if it's a nationally televised game. To hell with you, Adam Silver. To hell with you. All right, we go to Neil Greenberg. Oh, go ahead, Trista. Oh, I was just saying, does he? Yeah, yeah. I it's. I think in the end we realize that this is going to be. Uh, it's a never-ending battle in the NBA, and some guys are going to sit out a little bit. Some guys are going to take advantage of it more, but uh, in the end, you just want to get that new TV contract if you're the NBA and make sure you can say, see, our guys play more. Everything's fine. Oh, it's cool. No, no. They'll they'll be out there at least 65 games unless they're really, really, really hurt. All right, Neil Greenberg, Washington Post, jumps on with us now. Before we get into, uh, obviously, the Super Bowl coming up next week, Neil, we got a whole week for that. We've already, as I'm sure you have as well, uh, gone through everything from props across the board to all the specials the uh, the NFL and all these books have to offer. Let's look at the, the coaching hire in D.C. today. The last head coaching vacancy has been filled. Dan Quinn leaves the Dallas Cowboys as their defensive coordinator. The new head coach of the Washington Commanders. Your thoughts on that hire for the Commanders? Yeah, I think I mean it's a good hire, and if it was if it was a name that everyone was excited about at the beginning of the search, I think that it would have would have been fine. Um, I think the timeline leading up to it is what's going to cause the ownership group some some trouble. I mean, he was obviously not their first choice. I'm not even sure if they were his second choice, um, but uh, he's done a good job defensively with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, he seems to be a better defensive coordinator than head coach, just judging by the performance of the teams under those circumstances. Um, but I think now the the real question is going to be who is the offensive coordinator and what are they going to do with that number two pick? I mean, those are the, the two outstanding questions. But, um, yeah, I mean, Dan Quinn's a, a fine choice. I think a lot of people, myself included, would have thought they went offensive-minded coach. But, you know, here he is. They they decided to go with a little someone a little more experienced. Yeah, what do you think this means, Neil, for Dallas? Because the defensive coordinators that came before Dan Quinn really were just not good at all. This was one of the worst defenses in the league. Obviously, they've got a lot of personnel to be really good. But what do you think Dallas does now to continue to keep them, you know, a top five defense? Well, it's going to be tough because I think there's going to be some poaching, right? Anytime we see 
these coordinators on either side of the ball get new jobs, um, they typically take some of the people they work with with them. Um, so I'm curious to see how that shakes out. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's the players are definitely there, right? I mean, Dallas Cowboys have a lot of defensive players that, that make plays. You know, that's not going to go away. Um, I know Michael Parsons joked that maybe he would go with him. Uh, I think Washington fans would, would love that. Um, but, you know, the talent's certainly there with, you know, Parsons and, and Armstrong and Williams and um, Fowl. I mean, you know, they got a lot of talent on that roster. And, you know, with a lot of its scheme, I'm not sure. Um, but I, I do think you have to downgrade Dallas's defense a little bit, at least until we see what they can do without Quinn. Yeah, Neil, like, I thought that the Washington job, I, I mean, I still think it's a good job, but, I mean, you have the second overall pick, which could be Drake May, maybe Caleb Williams, you know, maybe Jaden Daniels. But the problem is the defensive side of the ball, the pass defense isn't very good. You traded away Sweat and Chase Young, which was the right decision. And then offensively, the offensive line has just been a mess the last couple seasons. So maybe the job isn't as attractive as I thought originally. But, you know, if you make a hire like Dan, you obviously have to get the right offensive mind, as we saw in Atlanta when he had Kyle Shanahan. Is there somebody that you know you have circled, or somebody that you think that they should go after uh, as offensive coordinator? Because they're probably going to have to get that side of the ball figured out as well. Yeah, I've heard some names like Greasy. I mean, you know, maybe someone that's up and coming, uh, outside the box thinker, innovative thinker. I think that's what you need in the NFL right now. Um, I'm also hearing, like most of you, that Chip Kelly, UCLA coach, might be done with the college ranks and, and is, uh, has an interest in, in becoming the Washington's offensive coordinator. Um, you know, that's interesting. That, that feels like a Dan Snyder hire, but, you know, I kind of get it. If he's, if he's just going to work with the offense, he's not going to obviously be the head coach. He's not going to pick the players. I do think that he can scheme an offense, and that's, that's intriguing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are really the only two two people that I have on the radar right now. Um, but it's going to be tough. I mean, it's it's going to be probably the most – I actually think it's the most important hire even before the coach only because, you know, that's how you win this league. I mean, look at the, the teams that are, in the, that are successful in the playoffs that are appearing in the Super Bowl. You know, they all have elite offenses with quarterbacks and young quarterbacks on – you know, controlled contracts so that they can spend elsewhere. I mean, you know, this, you really do need to hit on this number two pick at quarterback. Otherwise, I think it sets the franchise back a couple of years. Yeah, I think we know in this league, if you don't have a good offense, you can't win. You can say defense wins championships, but you got to have good quarterback play. You got to have the ability to score a lot of points. Neil Greenberg, Washington Post, jumps on with us here. All right, let's go ahead and look at the Super Bowl here. Some, some of the, we know that at this point, right, we got two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. We've lost almost some of this week. Props have already been bet up quite a bit. It's going to happen a lot more. This will likely be the most watched and the most bet Super Bowl we've ever had in the history of the NFL. And Brock Purdy's been one of the most polarizing topics throughout this entire year, but especially with what happened in the NFC Championship game, Neil. I'm looking at his passing yards down to 242.5, which is certainly a much lower number than what we had against Detroit, which I think it closed around 274.5. Rushing yards at 12.5. He ran the ball really well against Green Bay and against Detroit. Uh, do you see this as a game where we can see a similar result from Brock Purdy in the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl, or will that Chiefs pass rush make things more difficult for him and maybe limit what he's able to do in the Super Bowl? 
I'm I'm solidly on the under here. I grabbed two forty five and a half passing yards as soon as I saw it. Um, you know, both teams have a pass defense in the top five after you adjust for strength of schedule. Um, historically, there have been 22 other matchups like that in the postseason since 2002. The average passing yards for those quarterbacks is about 218 yards. Um, and my own projection for Purdy is like in the 200s, like below 200s. So I, I don't think this is going to be a good game for Purdy. Um, that's not to say San Francisco can't win. I'm, I, I, don't, I don't think the two are necessarily mutually exclusive. But um, I, am, I am firmly on the under for Brock Purdy's passing yards in this matchup. You look at the running backs here, and you know it looks like both of these teams are going to look to really lean on the running back, considering that listen, San Francisco's run defense in the playoffs hasn't been good. We saw you know multiple running backs shred this defense in between the tackles. Uh, you know that the Kansas City Chiefs' run defense all year hasn't been good. I think twenty third against the run. Christian McCaffrey's number for rushing attempts is nineteen and a half. Juice minus one twenty to the under. Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco's number is 16.5, actually juiced to the under minus 130 as well. Uh, is that an automatic play for you? Would you do rushing yards instead? Like, how do you attack the running backs in this game? Well, I think you have to kind of go through the storyline of the game in your head, right? So if you think that um, San Francisco is going to be able to get out to an early lead, then they probably lean on McCaffrey more. If they can't, they're going to have to to figure out something else, and they'll probably be used more as a pass catching back. Um, so I I I think that you know the number is a fair number. I think I think this is where you might try to look at like a single game parlay. I'm usually not a big fan of those because the juice is so high. But you know, again, if you if you think that San Francisco can run away with this, then maybe you look at like an alt line, like minus six and a half or even minus 13 and a half. And then you think McCaffrey's going to get a lot of work, right? And then you're able to, to even look at, you know, some alternative rushing attempt numbers. You know, the rushing yards is tough because, you know, we, we don't know like how, I think the Kansas City run defense is better than it's been given credit for. Um, but I do think the workload will be there. So I'd be much more comfortable looking at the attempts um, and then also adding to that a, a blowout of sorts. You know, when it comes to Super Bowl MVP, usually we look at offensive players. I believe they've won the uh, MVP 47 times, so 81% of the time. Quarterbacks 32 times, which I believe it would be 55% of the time. And then over the last decade, four non-quarterbacks have won the award. If you were going to go, you know, anybody opposite rather than Mahomes or Brock Purdy, would you look at a Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, or anybody on San Francisco's side, or would you just stick with the quarterbacks or the big stars like a Christian McCaffrey here? Yeah, I mean, I think that they'd have to look for an excuse to not give it to a quarterback. Um, you know, Mahomes, as long as he's has a clean game, I think, and, and Kansas City wins, I think he's a shoe-in. Because um, even if, if Kelsey goes off, it could mean that, that Patrick Mahomes is having a really good day too. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, it's a quarterback award until it isn't. Um, you know, we usually see like interceptions is usually, you know, one or two interceptions is usually when they start looking elsewhere on the roster. Um, I think Debo Samuel probably is, is a good wild card pick, uh, cause he, he can run the ball. He obviously catches the ball. Um, so that's something that, that certainly would, would make a lot of sense. Um, 
but the you know but Kansas City's pass defense. I mean, they haven't allowed wide receivers to to go off. I mean, especially not the number one wide receivers. So you know that could that could depress some things too. I mean, um, yeah, I think I would stick with the with the two quarterbacks. But if I was looking to you know dabble a little bit, maybe Debo. Um, you know, I, but I think that that's probably as, as far down the list as I go, um, because I, I don't think even like McCaffrey at what is he like plus five hundred plus four hundred, you know, you have, he'd have yeah. to have like a three touchdown day, I think, to order to to take the MVP award away from a quarterback. Yeah, McCaffrey's sitting at plus four fifty at BetMGM to uh, to win Super Bowl MVP. So talking to Neil yeah. Greenberg, but what if he did, like get tonight. two touchdowns? Yeah, and I mean, again, like we know, right, Neil, it's possible. There's certainly that case, and if the pass rush is getting out there and make Brock Purdy's life hell, like there's a chance. But, I mean, you're right. It's almost to the point where, like, it doesn't matter even what the quarterback for the winning team does. They just tend to win MVP. I mean, remember Eli Manning years ago. He, I mean, when they won, I think their second. I mean, I think he threw, threw for, like, what, 220, 225, something like that, where they just kind of give it to quarterbacks no matter what it feels like, right? Yeah, like I said, I think they would have to look for, um, you know, a reason not to give it. And I think you might even get a better price on, like, McCaffrey scoring two touchdowns than you would for him to win any MVP. And, and, you know, he probably needs to do that in order to win it. Um, So I might look, you know, for value elsewhere, um, you know, than the MVP because it's so subjective. Um, You know, we've even seen, like, you know, receivers have a pretty decent game, but because it's the quarterback throwing to him, that the quarterback ends up getting it. Yeah, two two touchdowns or more, plus two twenty five, nine to one for three touchdowns, which might be a better look if you think that's what it's going to take. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think yeah that that's what I think he would need to get. Um, you know, catch a pass, catch a touchdown, rush for a touchdown, have one more, have a hundred yards, so somewhere there. Um, but I, I just think that the three touchdowns for me just seems to make like storyline sense that, you know, it might just be a better use of your resources to take plus 900, um, than to hope he just, you know, somehow has a good game and everyone else has a bad game and he almost wins it by default. You know, it's, it's crazy to think that we're talking about a, some player, any player in general, plus 225 for two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. But this yeah. is where Christian McCaffrey is. Neil Greenberg, Washington Post. Great to talk to you, man. Appreciate Good the time. Stuff. All right. Talk to you guys soon. God, I mean, it's just this, this is what I mean, we're looking at a point where like McCaffrey's been like minus 300 to score a touchdown in games. It kind of takes the fun away for a touchdown prop for him. But you know how it is, Trista. We sprinkle a little something on that and a little same game parlay. And that's the only way you get any of that value. A little salt bay, a little salt bay on the damn thing. So, God, it's just wild. All right. Rob Brown in his usual spot with us next. I don't have any idea where this thing's going to go, but it's probably going to get off the rails. It's Pet MGM tonight.